Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to my weekly update. Well here we are the 17th of December and late last night we saw the final announcement on the Australian-UK free trade agreement and it's now official and in writing that after a 15-year period there will be a fully liberalised uh, trade deal between the two countries. I think this is an enormous mistake. I've always made my thoughts on this very clear. And for the entire journey since our departure from the European Union, we have been told there will be sensitive sectors, there always are, in trade deals, and there will be long-term, forever-and-a-day safeguards in place. So what does this prove? It proves that you can do a free trade agreement very, very quickly, but it proves that ultimately, for the longer term, it's a bad deal for this country. It's a very good deal for Australia. And the other concern I have alongside this is the desire to ratchet up uh, standards here. You know, we are going toe to toe, make no mistake about it, with very serious and very successful agricultural exporters and agriculture meaning a large part to their economy. If we look to drive standards up here, animal welfare bills, kept animal bills, animal sentience bills, environment acts, that is going to quite simply make our farmers uncompetitive. So it makes the journey as we progress through the agricultural transition period very, very important to get it right at the end. And the point that I made to the Secretary of State at DIT, Anne-Marie Trevelyan, when she phoned me very late last night, was this, you know, for her farmers on the Scottish border, they are going to face a future over the next few years where their Scottish counterparts are remaining on direct support and where they in England are seeing a 50% reduction in their direct payment. Now, that seems very wrong and very unfair. And I have to say, she didn't disagree with what I was saying. So I stand by everything I've said with the SFI to date. There are many reasons that I feel it should be delayed and we should agree a framework to progress together uh, in four years' time. And there is now a, a desperate and an urgent need for government to bring an overarching strategy together uh, that really does look to a, a framework uh, for levelling up across the countryside and making sure that no farmer gets left behind. Every farmer has the opportunity to climb ladders. We're headed into a very different trading era to the one that we were when we left the European Union. And, and I can't stress enough how important it is to bring that overarching strategy together. But it's been a, a very busy week. Uh, we hosted our MPs reception on Monday and I was delighted to welcome uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, to speak at that event. And we also hosted a summit, a food security summit on Tuesday, looking at the massive challenges of input costs of the here and now. We're seeing double and in many cases triple digit inflation on labour, on energy, on fertiliser, on input costs in general, it doesn't matter whether it's cardboard, whether it's plastics, everything is massively, massively up and continuing to rise, I might add. And of course, we still have the stark situation with the pig sector. Uh, we have 80 butchers that are here. Obviously, the commitment is for 800. And we have a situation for growers where the point that was made uh, by Julian Mark so eloquently, you know, you can buy a cost of coffee, uh, effectively for £2.55. 
And we're seeing a situation where the price of a cup of coffee is 75 times more than a bag of carrots. That's just got to be plain wrong when we've got the food waste challenges that we've got right now. Um, the value of food has somehow managed to fall off a cliff. We all, I think, delight in being this very successful market that does produce high quality, affordable food for everyone. But don't let's keep devaluing it. I don't, I don't think that helps anyone. And the challenges that growers are facing right now when we're still waiting for the announcement of a permanent scheme, I'm assured it's coming. Uh, and I really hope that we will be able to update you on that. Uh, in the next few days and of course I'm really hopeful that it will bring in plants and flowers. I was down in Cornwall yesterday meeting with the growers and the daffodil growers down there so fingers crossed on that one. We do seemingly have to fight I think pretty hard uh, for everything that we achieve at the moment but I guess what I, I would say is by bringing a whole chain the largest manufacturing sector together I think there was a very profound message left with the Secretary of State, George Eustace. And interestingly, for the panel in the press conference afterwards, the press were, I can only say, pretty shocked. They said, you know, on one hand, you clearly have a, a, a crisis going on uh, in some sectors and massively escalating costs. And they were very surprised that the Secretary of State seemed, to be honest, uh, oblivious uh, to the situation on the ground. So it's it's incredibly important. I know we've got massive challenges with COVID, um, but while we're working within the government guidance, I can't stress how important it is to meet face-to-face -face, uh, and for journalists to be able to see these interactions face-to-face. -face. And there were some stark messages delivered by the whole supply chain uh, in front of the press at that event on Tuesday. We will keep doing it. It's pretty clear to me that we need to keep doing it. We need to keep pulling everyone together. And uh, eventually, I, I think, you know, the message will finally land that actually all policies in the countryside have got to stem from getting food production right. Now, the SFI is a big step in the right direction. It's not there yet. And delivery is certainly not piloted and not fit for purpose. So, I'll keep you abreast of all those uh, discussions as they progress through into 2022. But when I reflect on what we've achieved, uh, I wonder what life would be like without the NFU, because I, I genuinely do not know who that voice would be to hold government to account, to speak truth to power at all times. And... The Australian trade deal will now have to be ratified by Parliament. The Trade Agricultural uh, Commission on a statutory footing will do a report. That report will go to Parliament. That report will be scrutinised. There is a mechanism now to trigger the crag process. So it's not all over till it's over. And you imagine if we hadn't had a million people last year, if we hadn't got the underpinning, uh, the statutory framework for the TAC, we wouldn't have that. We are the only sector. Agriculture is the only sector with any level of scrutiny. And when I look at what happened in Shropshire last night, things are changing. So the NFU will do whatever it takes. We will leave no stone unturned to make sure that your farming futures have the very, very best chance uh, that they can have. And we see thriving, profitable agriculture, because that is the only way we have a successful rural economy. We really do underpin, whether it's the local schools, the allied trades, agriculture, the raw ingredients being produced here underpin 
uh, a huge part of the economy in this country. Anyway, with that uh, aside, I'd just like to pause for a minute on behalf of all of my colleagues at the NFU, particularly Stuart Roberts, Deputy President, Tom Bradshaw, Vice President, John Davis and Alan Jones in Wales. I really do wish you a very happy Christmas. I hope above all else that you stay safe and you stay healthy and you don't catch this dreaded virus or indeed any of the other horrible colds and viruses that are circulating at the moment. Have a lovely Christmas. I hope you get a bit of a break. Um, I've still got a very busy week next week, but hopefully there will be a little bit of downtime uh, the following week, although some media requests are already coming in. But take care. uh, And I really look forward to speaking to you in 2022. Many thanks.